Hey everyone, today I'll be sharing from Ephesians chapter 6, a famous passage on spiritual battle. And I just want to start with the first verse, verse 10. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. And so often we try to live Christian life out of our own strength, thinking that we got it, we can handle it ourselves. But the reality is that we cannot, because we are up against forces that are stronger than us. We may be able to deal with flesh and blood, but as verse 12 says, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood the cosmic powers of this present darkness and spiritual forces of evil. In other words, there are other spiritual actors at work that influence us in this world. Not only that, but they are intent on getting us to turn from God. Verse 11, it says, The schemes of the devil implies tricks, craftiness, temptations, things that are not so apparent. And the NIV application commentary says, Evil traps us with the good, only slightly out of bounds. Each choice, slightly out of bounds, redraws the boundaries until nothing remains of God's intent. That is why evil is deceptive and why we need to be alert." End quote. That's the reality of the schemes that we face and, and the reality is of ourselves. We're frail, we're sinners, and by ourselves, we are like sheep amongst wolves. And so if this is true, that we are not able to be strong in our own strength. That's why God says we need to turn to Him, to be strong in the Lord, in the strength of His might, It's why we need to put on the whole armor of God. And then there's this, it's not just by ourselves. Interestingly, if you look at the Greek, all the imperatives here, to stand, to take up, all of them are plural, implying you all, together, with one another as a church. We need all these things in order to be able to stand. And so the first step is to be humble before our sinfulness and the temptations that we face. Secondly, I want to talk about this word stand. You see it appear quite a bit in this passage. It reminds us of 1 Corinthians 10, 12, which says, Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed, lest he fall. End quote. It's warning us that we cannot stand on our own. In fact, the moment that we think we do, we are in a dangerous place. God, he gives us the means, the people of the church, the whole armor of God. But it first starts with humility, recognizing our own frailty and weakness, because it's only then that we will have the attitude of verse 13 here that having done all, to stand firm. This vigilance, this dependence upon God, doing everything to stand and on the church, that's something that's missing in churches today. I don't know if you heard, but recently Ravi Zacharias, a famous apologist whom I really admired for his rhetorical skill in defending the gospel and answering hard questions, is found to have numerous episodes of sexual impropriety. And how did it all start? By thinking that he'd be okay, taking a female masseuse along with him on long trips, visiting massage parlors whenever he traveled, and then just this past week, a pastor of Pittsburgh had to be removed because of an ongoing affair. Were they meaning to get into all this? To ruin the lives of their family and ministry? No. And yet there were steps that they could have taken. Did they really do all to stand firm? It was a small voice of, it's okay. You'll be fine. You're strong enough. And as horrible as it is what they did, are we that much different? Are we thinking that we're standing okay? Or are we doing all that we can to stand firm? We're not powerless actors. God gives us the church. He gives us the whole armor of God. But it's up to us to access these and put them on, guarding what we allow into our eyes, our interactions with the opposite gender, how we use our time, what we fill our minds with. And I was challenged in all these areas to do all that I can to stand firm, recommitting again to my guardrails and to putting on the full armor of God. So talking about the armor of God, I just wanted to highlight two that I thought more about today. The first is the belt of truth. For a long time, I think I just used to think of this, this is just God's word. And that's true. Right? We need to hear the voice of truth from God and properly live. 
But I think if you look into it a little more, there's another aspect as well. This relates to one of the DTs we did a few weeks ago in 1 John 1. It has to do with coming into the light, to speak truth, to do truth, which is to confess who I am and where I am at, speaking truthfully about myself, what's going on inside. This is one of Satan's schemes to cause us to remain hidden in a darkness full of shame and fear. And here, God exhorts us that we need to first put on truth, because through truth there can be repentance forgiveness and new life and that's how he can work and then secondly we see verse 16 that in all circumstances take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one what are the flaming darts of the evil one for which we need faith one aspect is the temptations we face before which we need to have faith that god's ways are the right ways but i think it's also the voices that Satan puts in our hearts you're not good enough how can god use you you need to work hard to prove yourself before god and others you're not as blank as others and god must be disappointed in you all of these are flaming arrows that can burn up our willingness to follow and serve. The shield of faith tells us that we are loved unconditionally, that we are his beloved son, in whom he is well pleased, that God chooses to work through broken vessels so that the treasure of the gospel gets to shine forth. And these are the things we need to hold on to with faith, but Satan's accusations are extinguished. In verse 18, it says, Praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And this reminds me that we fight this spiritual battle through word and prayer. I was reminded of the purpose of prayer in the workshop on prayer this past weekend at our winter retreat. Prayer is a turning of our hearts to God, but prayer, it feels so impractical. One question that workshop addressed was, why pray when God knows everything already? But because we believe that God is real, we have a personal relationship with him, and he wants us to share in his heart for the lost, we pray. Uh, another quote from the prayer workshop is, to pray is to change. As we pray, what else is happening? I have to rely on God's word, God's promises. I have to put aside my desire for getting things done, doing something practical, personally beneficial. Prayer doesn't get anything done practically. If anything, it takes away time for me to get things done. So to pray really is an act of faith. But that's why we need to put on the whole armor of God. And when we do, we will be driven to pray because our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against Satan who is much craftier, stronger than we are. And when we pray, we're aligning ourselves with God and his heart, and we are engaged in this spiritual battle on our knees. So for me, I get various emails throughout the day for different prayer requests throughout our church. It's always an interruption to stop and pray for them. But when I actually do stop and pray, I experience being moved. My heart goes toward the family who's grieving their lost loved one, or I experience sadness over the crisis in Ethiopia and how there is genocide and civil war there. I experience a little bit of what God must experience as I grieve over some sin and I also usually end up praying a prayer of repentance for myself. God, as I pray, I see how selfish and self-centered I am. Most of my day, I'm oblivious to these needs. But prayer forces me to see what I don't want to or because I live in comfort, I don't usually have to. We have to remember to pray for people, especially people who are engaged in preaching the gospel. It's so hard to be faithful. So sad to hear about pastors falling away, but we are all sinners, prone to sin and temptation. So that much more we need to pray. Yeah, and this morning I was in a prayer meeting where we prayed for this pastor I shared about, his family in the church, praying for a spirit of contrition and this could be a moment where he could become right before God. And then praying for ourselves that we would be able to speak truth, be open to others and stand not by our own strength, but before God and others. And so all of us need to keep praying, praying for ourselves, praying for those who are laboring for the gospel so that God's work can be done. 
So let's pray that today we can have a spirit of prayer. And that's all we have today. Talk to you later. Bye.